Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. You can find us across social media at EverymanSports, one word. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you who have decided to wear green uh, at the time of this recording. If you're listening afterwards, uh, green is a very flattering color for you, and I think you should wear it more often. So, uh, with that all in mind, uh, it's March. It's actually very close to our four-year anniversary. I'm not doing anything special. Um, But, yeah, we've uh, been doing this for four years. And when I say we, I mean I, myself, and guests who come on. Um, My father, um, Alex, uh, and my calling guests from the past, and uh, many others. And I would love to get more people on. And I would love to hear from you. So, please... Call up and you can be a part of the show. Um, I would like to first start off this episode with a uh, an apology and a retraction. I would like to apologize to all the listeners who heard me incorrectly uh, call the um, top NFL draft uh, draft prospect Miles Garrett as Miles Teller. Miles Teller is a wonderful actor, um, mainly seen in Whiplash, uh, uh, sadly seen in the uh, remake of the Fantastic Four, and uh, who you did not see in La La Land, even though he was supposed to be in it, but that's a story for another time. Uh, having just seen uh, many of the Oscar-nominated movies and being on a movie kick for the month of February, my mind, when I heard Miles, directly went to Miles Teller. When in fact it should have been going towards Miles Garrett, who is the consensus uh, number one draft choice, uh, possibly by the Browns, if not by the Browns, somebody else. Um, so I'd like to uh, apologize to anybody who was listening to me, knew that I was a fool by saying the incorrect name, and uh, did not have the heart to tell me by calling in or, or, or reaching out to me. Um, so I'd like to apologize and retract my statement and uh, say Miles Garrett is a fine-looking NFL prospect, and I do hope the Browns take him. Speaking about football, uh, we had just started off with NFL free agency right before, um, and I forgot to mention some really big names that were going to come out um, that we were kind of waiting to be signed, um, mainly Adrian Peterson, who was cut or um, was not re-signed, by the um, by the Vikings, and also uh, who was the other one that I was going to say? Basically, him. Um, he was the big one that was like, "Where is he going to go?" Um, but uh, as free agency has gone on, it, first of all, uh, yes, I am a Jet fan. I do not like the Patriots. I don't like Tom Brady. I don't like Bill Belichick. I'm sorry. This, this isn't, this isn't fun. This isn't okay. I mean, 
when we look back at what's the downfall of the NFL, we are going to talk about its physicality, uh, its oversaturation, but I think also we will, in hindsight, in a small part, take a look and say the dominance of the Patriots in the later half of the history of the NFL is also a downfall because it's... I'm not saying that it's not fair because they're smart enough and team players want to go there and they're paying a, you know, a, a fair amount. But when we look back and we say, like, well, we should have known. I mean, the Patriots went on a run of three Super Bowls in the early, two th- um, early 2000s, and then they had this, uh, you know, another run, because they're going to have another run before Brady and Belichick are gone in the uh, mid to late uh, uh, teens, you know, 2010s. I, I, they re-signed Dante H- Hightower. Great. Good. Then they signed Stephen Gilmore. Now, this is out of order. I'm just going off of, you know. So Stephen Gilmore goes from the Bills to the Patriots. <sighs> okay. Uh, all right. I mean, that's... Mm. So then... They start making trades. They get uh, defensive end Ely from the Panthers for draft picks. Uh, okay, I mean, at the one on the one hand, I will say they lost Martellus Bennett. Okay, you know he he played well last year, but you know now he's in Green Bay. And then they trade. They trade with the Colts for Dwayne Allen. I, I personally think Dwayne Allen is a better tight end than Martellus Bennett at this point. Historically, no. No, I don't think so. Um, but I think right now Dwayne Allen has a lot more to offer as a secondary tight end uh, than Martellus Bennett does. Maybe not size-wise, just ability-wise. So the Colts, again, trade away a, a good piece. And that's the other thing. The Colts are trading away parts of their you know skill players. I, I understand if you want to change your offensive line and your defense in total, but this is a skill position of tight end. Why are you doing this? Why are you giving Luck one less weapon unless you're going to be signing somebody big or or you've got somebody in the draft that you know you're going to take? So you have given the Patriots, through trade, um, in your own conference, uh, who is a rival, a offensive weapon. Great. Okay. Um, and then they trade for Brandon Cooks. They trade with the Saints to get Brandon Cooks. Another, an even bigger, more important offensive weapon. He has incredible speed, and it's this, it's just silly. It's ridiculous to see how well they are, and everybody else is just, falling over themselves. I mean, that that's the other thing. This, the way the league is right now, there are so many underperforming franchises that the Patriots can just walk in because in the land of the blind, the one-eyed person can, you know, is king. And they've got, you know, they've got that one eye. They've got two eyes, let's be honest. Everybody else is stumbling around in the dark. So they know what they're doing and they're exploiting everybody. There was a joke article uh, with the headline, um, um, League GMs uh, ask uh, B- 
Belichick politely to please stop muttering ha-ha suckers after every deal, which is true. I mean, they're just, it's ridiculous. They're dominating, they're re-signing their guys. They're signing other, you know, good free agents. It's just very, I mean, and they're talking about, okay, Malcolm Butler's going to be, you know, somebody who's going to be on the way up. But I I don't know, I don't know if that was one that was like, oh, man, they're getting rid of, he had one really memorable play which was the uh, pick of um, Russell Wilson in Super Bowl Forty Nine at the goal line. But, I mean, aside from that, you don't hear him among the top. Yeah, I hear about, more about Devin McCourty than I do about Malcolm Butler on broadcasts. So, uh, from what it seems like, because the thing is, the Patriots are trading away all of these uh, um, draft picks. So now they're they're small on draft picks, which is very questionable especially when everybody talks about how this upcoming nfl draft is very deep and so then that brings up the question of uh garoppolo jimmy garoppolo the backup quarterback for the um, patriots will he be traded right now he hasn't been it might be a draft day deal it might might happen right before the draft but there's a question of who's going to take him now there's actually been a lot on the um, NFL free agency front. Alshon Jeffrey goes to the Eagles. Um, the Jaguars improve their defense. Uh, Casillas Campbell from, um, sorry, Arizona. Uh, AJ, Bo- uh, I pron- I'm sorry if I pronounce his uh, name incorrectly. Uh, Boye Boy, uh, from Texans, a really good uh, def- uh, cornerback. And they also, so, I mean, that, those are a couple of runs right there. Uh, Adrian Peterson still up in the air. Terrell Pryor goes to Washington. Deshaun Jackson uh, leaves Washington. Washington's another situation. So uh, a lot of things going on there. Kirk Cousins says, you know, it it hasn't didn't come out publicly, but it was, you know, through sources. I'm not gonna. They the Redskins franchised uh, Kirk Cousins again. He said he wasn't gonna sign. Then. The um, there's been the smear campaign against the GM, where people have been wondering is he a um, is he an alcoholic? He hasn't been showing up to functions. He hasn't really been at his job lately, and so so they fire him. And then sources, and then it comes out that Kirk Cousins, after that happens, I don't know if it's connected. Nobody's really sure about that. He then signs his uh, his contract, his franchise tag contract, so he's going to be back. So with that, and just the Redskins are in turmoil. I mean, ever since the franchise was bought by Daniel Snyder, they've been really questioned about what's going on there. They lose Deshaun Jackson. I mean, they replace him with Terrell Pryor, but I, I, I kind of think Deshaun Jackson's the the better, better player there. Um, we mentioned Martellus Bennett. T.J. Lang leaves uh, the Packers, goes to Detroit. Um, other noteworthy ones, uh, Pierre Garçon goes out to San Francisco. They don't have a quarterback currently. Well, they do. They signed, pardon me, they signed, oh, who was it? Mm, I apologize. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, there's a lot of things going on right now. Um, the 49ers technically have a quarterback, um, but Kaepernick's off the board. 
Um, uh, Matt Barkley is going to he's, – he's there in San Francisco. Brian Hoyer, that was the one uh, from Chicago. Now he's there, but those aren't really ones you would call starters, so there's question maybe they might get Garoppolo. Um, or maybe they might try for somebody else, and that somebody else might be Brock Osweiler. So the Brock, so the Browns and the Texans make a deal. Brock Osweiler goes from the Bra- uh, Texans to the Browns with a draft pick, uh, with a couple draft picks actually. So the Texans basically said, "Here, we will give you draft picks to the Browns who have a couple draft picks to begin with." Say, "Here, we will give you draft picks, and please take our embarrassment of a uh, huge free agent signing from last year." Browns say, okay. Now they have a quarterback, a lot of draft picks. The first pick of the draft, and then I think like the eighth pick in the draft, uh, somewhere like in the teens, low teens, um, high single digits, which a lot of people are talking about that that's where they might take Deshaun Watson after uh, using their first pick on Miles Garrett. So there's a question, what are they going to do with Brock Osweiler? The idea is then, well, they have a lot of picks, and they have Brock Osweiler. They could maybe trade them over to um, the Patriots and get Jimmy uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, although that would probably mean the Patriots get a low draft pick or a high draft pick, technically, you know, that second draft pick in the first round by the Browns. Please don't do that. They don't need any more ammunition than they already have. Um, so that's happening. Um the Jets just embarrassing themselves. Uh, Geno Smith walked, which people kind of figured. But then Brandon Marshall asked for his release. And the Jets, very kindly, you know, no animosity between the two fran- between the two sides, uh, said, okay, we'll let you go. He goes over to the Giants. I have no, as a Jet fan, I have no problem with that. I, as a Jet fan, I have no uh, rivalry with the Giants. How am I going to ha- have a rivalry with a team that I... That my team plays every year in preseason, okay, and then that that's not really a big deal. And then they play each other once every four years. They, the Jets and the Giants have played each other in the regular season thirteen times over the course of forty, close to fifty years. This is not something that's like oh wow that's a big rivalry. They take headlines, but I mean at the same time. The NFL is big enough, and there's enough newspapers in New York for somebody to get the back page. It's different with the Mets and the Yankees. I mean, they're, you're playing every day. You're, I mean, the the Yankees have been around for a long time. The Mets are the, the this this child. The fans are the these these orphan children. When the Giants and the Dodgers left, and the Giants and the Dodgers played the Yankees in the World Series almost nearly every year for in the 40s and the 50s. So then, you know, of course there's a rivalry with between those fans and the Yankees, and then, you know, those Giants and Dodgers fans after they left, the the team, I mean, they had children of their own. The Mets come to town, and then everybody's a Met fan, but we still talk about those hated Yankees and how, you know, them bums couldn't, you know, only got one off of them, and, you know, how John McGraw hated the Yankees so much, but now in turn the Yankees have become the kings of New York. But with the Giants and the Jets, what we we shared a stadium that was called Giant Stadium. It didn't matter, and now they're in a, a stadium that's very cookie cutter, very blah, very bland, and they change the colors for whoever the home team is. It doesn't matter, and plus they beat the Patriots t- twice in the Super Bowl. So how am I going to get upset at a team that's done me a solid twice? 
So that's that. Um, oh, the Chicago let go of Jay Cutler, so he's around. Um, and of course, the Jets are interested in him. I don't know why. Um, but Mike Lennon, uh, who was the Tampa Bay backup, who was supposed to be the future before um, James Winston came in, he's going to go to Chicago too. Um, so there's a lot more moves, and there's a lot more to come out as well. Uh, oh, Jamal Charles was the other uh, running back who was released. Um, good player, obviously, but you know he constantly gets injured. So, um, so that's football. Moving on to baseball, we're still in spring training, but right now what's going on is the uh, World World Baseball Classic. It's the third, third, uh, fourth iteration. No, yeah, fourth iteration of the. Um, uh, WBC, World Baseball Classic. Um, I mean, the big noteworthy thing at first was Israel went 3-0 and in their pool. They beat South Korea, who was supposed to you know, be pretty good, and uh, the Netherlands, which has, has been pretty good for the last couple tournaments. Um, so they moved on into the uh, second round. Um I mean, Japan and Cuba moved on as well, Dominican Republic and the United States, who has actually been doing pretty well. But what I'm really surprised at, and I'm really kind of happy to see, is Puerto Rico doing really well. Puerto Rico and Venezuela moved on as well to the second round. And currently in the second round, Israel, the dream, the dream died. They were eliminated in their pool. They went one and two against uh, teams, uh, Japan, Netherlands, and Cuba. Cuba went 0 and 3 in their second round. They were eliminated in the second round. I mean, that's a big deal. This is Cuba we're talking about. But they struggled. Um, even in their pool, they were 2-1. and one. I mean, their their uh, first pool, their first round, they were 2-1. and one. So, I mean, this is the mighty Cuba we're talking about, but I guess not. Um, Netherlands, a lot of people think the Netherlands, well, they have uh, Curacao, which is where Andrew Jones is from. Um... Odor, who's the uh, middle infielder for the uh, Texas Rangers, is from there as well. I think uh, Francisco... Uh, no, 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 no. I'm thinking of somebody else. My apologies. Uh, Japan moved on as well. Um, the United States, Puerto Rico, uh, currently 1-0 in, uh, in their pool against uh, teams like Dominican Republic and Venezuela. Um, actually, the as of this recording, uh, two nights prior... The United States beat Venezuela 4-2 um, for that 1-0 uh, record in that pool. I don't know how far the um, United States is going to go. I, I would I would like to see it. I mean, that they go far, but I wouldn't mind a team like Puerto Rico go far as well. Um, in fact, a great game, uh, Dominican Republic versus uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, Dominican Republic was losing in the ninth, runner on first, um, and I forget who the runner was, but he ran. Javier Baez, the uh, Javi Baez, the middle infielder for the uh, Cubs, took a throw from Yadier Molina, and was seen on camera from the uh, home plate perspective, pointing in celebration as the ball was being thrown towards him, just knowing that he was going to tag out the runner for the final out of the game. It really, if you haven't seen it, it's really really awesome. Um, it, it's made its rounds quite a, uh, for the last couple of days, but yeah, just Javi Baez got his hand, one hit, one finger up pointing and the other hand ready to catch the ball and slap the tag from Yadier Molina. Really, really fun. Uh, moving on in, so in the championship round right now is, uh, the Netherlands and Japan. 
and they're waiting for the top two qualifiers from uh, Pool F, which is the U.S., Puerto Rico, uh, the DR, and Venezuela. Uh, Dominican Republic is the uh, defending champs. It'd be a big upset if they don't even make it out of this round. Venezuela is 0-2 in their uh, pool against those teams, so we'll see. Uh, and then it finishes up uh, end of uh, March at Dodger Stadium, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. But what's currently going on, big deal, it's, it's bracket time. It is the uh, NCAA uh, Basketball Championship, the March Madness, the tourney, brackets, brackets, brackets. Um, so uh, I have several. We actually have an Everyman Sports uh, tourney uh, group on Yahoo. Um, and if you'd like to join for next year, please contact us. Email me at everymansports at gmail.com. Call us, 626-427-7678. Reach out to us on Twitter. Um, if you want to save a link for next year, it's at, it's pinned at the top of our, uh, our page on Twitter. Um, I have a couple brackets going on. I want to kind of mix it up and I don't, I just don't want to marry myself to one. Uh, my most successful one is actually the one currently as of recording in the Everyman Sports Tourney, uh, Tourney Group. Um, uh, in, for most of the ones that I've made, I have na- I have UCLA as the national champion. Kind of like them. A couple reasons uh the the history of them. Um they're in the third slot uh in their um what bracket is that? Uh in the south bracket. Um I think they could, you know, get over Kentucky and North Carolina. But I'm really interested in what's going on with one of their players. So Lonzo Ball um, is a freshman at uh, UCLA, doing really well. He was uh, first-team All-American, first-team all, uh, All-Pac-12. Uh, he was the Pac-12 Freshman of the Year. Just a really, really, and he has a, um, you know, his, his career highlights and awards, Mr. Basketball USA, Naspeth uh, Prep Player of the Year, McDonald's All-American, California, Mr. Basketball in 2016. And he's got a... Um, I mean, his father was a, was an athlete, LeVar Ball, a retired football player. Uh, he played in the World League of American Football with the London Monarchs. He was a practice squad member with the Jets and the Panthers. Um, he, uh, he played basketball, actually, at Washington State. But now he's been getting into... A, it's actually LeVar Ball who's been more um, in the news than his son, Lonzo Ball. So, uh, LeVar, uh, went out, uh, and made some pretty, pretty big, uh, statements saying that his son Lonzo is a better player than Steph Curry. Steph Curry, by the way, reigning MVP, if I remember correctly. Um, he said that also Lonzo is better than LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. I mean, these are three of the top players in the NBA right now. And he's saying that his son as a freshman, um, is better than those three. And that even himself, not after after pumping up his son, he started to pump up himself, saying, quote, back in my heyday, I would kill Michael Jordan one-on-one. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, he got the attention of Charles Barkley. Barkley's barking at him, and they're going back and forth. But, I mean, LeVar is just, he's more visible and more newsworthy right now than his son is. And his son is playing in the one of the biggest events uh, annually in sports, not just in, not just college sports, sports in general. 
I mean, everybody has some sort of themed uh, March Madness thing going on. I mean, uh, I've heard the numbers be as high as $350 billion, billions with a B, uh, are, um, are in play. Not, not necessarily just through Vegas, but I mean uh, uh, office pools, um, pools amongst friends, family, just in terms of those who make brackets, fill it out and you know compare them and whoever wins gets money. But the, I mean, $350 billion, even if that's on the low end, that's still an amazing. I mean, the Super Bowl doesn't really even do those numbers in terms of uh, sports betting. So for him to be for the father to be the most noteworthy part of his son's current run uh, towards a possible championship is a big deal. Not too many upsets currently. I mean, this is currently being recorded um, Friday night of St. Patrick's Day. Um, So we still have uh, the UCLA-Kent State game, which I don't think is going to be a surprise there. Kentucky and North Kentucky, Northern Kentucky, that's not going to be a surprise. Um... Still waiting on, uh, well, currently Miami and Michigan State are playing right now. Um, now South Carolina and Marquette are later on, too. So there's still some games to be played before we can finally say, like, all right, the first round is done. Let's move on to the second round. Um, The only real ones, I mean, a lot of people were very surprised to see, first of all, Northwestern. First time ever Northwestern had gotten into... The tournament, which is very surprising to see, you'd think a school like Northwestern, uh, with its uh, pretty pretty good um, collegiate career in college athletics, I should say, uh, not ever making a tournament. Uh, it's kind of surprising. They do have a celebrity mascot, um, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Her son uh, is a actually a walk on at Northwestern, so she's been seen in the crowd uh, cheering on on the team, um, but. Vanderbilt, ah, gosh, you got to feel really bad. So Vanderbilt uh, against Northwestern. Vanderbilt, in the closing seconds, takes the lead, and then one of the players doesn't realize that they have the lead, and as Northwestern takes the ball into the into the uh, opposite side of the court, gets fouled. So a team with the lead fouls the other team. Uh, this is a blessing. And nobody could believe it. I mean, this is, he's a kid. I mean, these are, let's be honest, these are still young, young men, young people. They're made, they make mistakes. And just the moment caught up and I made the mistake. And of course, Northwestern takes the lead and that's the end of that. Uh, One team that I had, at least in pretty much across all my brackets, at least winning the first game was Seton Hall. Seton Hall and Arkansas game, another nine over eight. I've heard something like 50% of uh, uh, the nine or an eight winning is 50-50. Like it, historically, it's kind of like 50% right across the board, either an eight or a nine wins. So I went with a couple nines and went with a couple eights. But one of my nines that had gone, well, I was seeing to go through was Seton Hall. And they had a chance late in the game. You know, they're they're behind, I think by one. And they've one of the players fouls an Arkansas player, but uh, a lot of contention that the Arkansas player uh, flopped. When you watch in slow mo, it looks really bad. It looks like the Seton Hall player really pushes him, but in fast, in f- you know, in 
regular motion in real time, it doesn't look that bad, and it looks like the Arkansas player just jumps, leaps, and you know goes to the floor like he's been hit by a bullet. And they, it's a flagrant, and he gets uh, he gets a lot of he gives it strengthens their lead, and Seton Hall never is never able to recover. So that's like the big things that have happened. Um, had Maryland in a couple, but Xavier pulled pulled out. Um, so that's so. I mean, right now, none of my brackets are really busted. The only one that kind of hurt so far is like SMU. I didn't see USC coming through from the first four into the second round. Um, so, I mean, that's the only one that's really hurting, but I mean, most of them I have, um, Arizona and UCLA pretty consistently in the final four, Kansas and a couple, I'm a little torn between Villanova and Duke. And I say Duke a couple times because there's something about this year. I mean, with coach K, um, you know, pretty much telling all the team, like you were not allowed to wear any Duke apparel for, you know, a couple weeks because he he didn't feel that they were they deserved to wear Duke blue or anything that has the D on it. And then of course, um you know, it's funny how how quick things move. But uh the player from uh Duke who was suspended for all the tripping um you know, he uh, just something about that he had Grayson Allen you know, Grayson Allen, all the things that's happened with him this year, just something about it, like almost villainous about that if they were to make it to the Final Four and even to the finals, like something villainous, like, ooh, it's, first of all, not a lot of people, people are kind of sick of Duke. You talk about the Patriots, people are sick of Duke as well. You know, you either love them or you hate them, and Duke's one of those teams. And so if you if they go to the, the championship and they're they've got Grayson Allen. I mean, this is just this is classic heel stuff. This is professional wrestling. You've got the evil side. And then you've got, you know, hopefully that, you know, on the other side the triumphant hero of UCLA, this sort of um, you know, uh the Steelers, the the St. Louis Cardinals, like one of those like that's what UCLA is. It's this brand, this name that you associate with greatness coming in against Duke, who's, you know, like the evil greatness. Um, uh, but Villanova is also the defending champ, so I'd love to see them come back, try to defend their title. There's a lot of good storylines if some of the big teams can make it through to the Final Four, um, notably UCLA, Duke, or Villanova. So, um, But thank you very much for listening. Uh, tried to keep it quick. Um, but half an hour is kind of our, uh, where we are right now. So, uh, if you'd like to ask a question, leave a comment, uh, lambast me or praise me. You're more than welcome to, you can simply call 626-427-7678, leave a message and, uh, we'll put it on for you. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at Everyman Sports, on Facebook at Everyman Sports, cross social media. You can contact me or email me at everymansports at gmail.com. So. All right, well, thank you very much. Enjoy the games. Enjoy March Madness. Enjoy free agency. Enjoy the World Baseball Classic. Enjoy St. Patrick's Day, and enjoy yourselves. Andrew, please take it away. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, Visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.